Hi everyone, thanks for joining me on this podcast today and uh, hope you're all well. This is the first time I'll be doing one on my own, so you'll just be listening to me for the next uh, however many minutes that we run on this. Uh, I'm going to ask a question a few weeks ago on my Facebook page, uh, finish the sentence, dog training is, and then we got lots of really lovely replies, some of them... Um, silly but uh, genuine and others a little bit more in depth. So I'm going to go through some of them today and expand on them. Now before we start, I just want to ask you, um, release your shoulders away from your ears. Okay, so feel where your shoulders are. Most people will tense their shoulders up so they start um, contracting their trapezius muscles, which are the muscles that sit, those Tom Hardy muscles. Okay, um, Tom Hardy's got massive traps because of the way that he works out. So bring your shoulders up towards your ears, okay, then relax them. Now what I want you to do is pull your shoulders down towards your hips and then relax. Okay, so you're actually, by pulling your shoulders down, you're activating your lats, which work opposite to your traps. Okay, so pull them down and then relax. Unclench your jaw and drop your tongue from the roof of your mouth. So we're getting a practice of doing this. It means that we're more aware of where our, what we're doing with our bodies. And the more that we are aware of what we're doing with our bodies, the more we can relax and the more we can relax our dogs. And it's not just for our dogs as well. Okay, it's for everything else. The last one um, to think about doing is making a baby face. Okay, so if you look at a baby when a baby's sleeping, and they have that nice relaxed face. So practice that baby face. Um, and thanks to Tess for the first part of that, okay, with your shoulders, your jaw, and your tongue. And a massive thanks to Helen for the baby face. Okay, so those two pieces of, two gems of advice are from uh, Helen and Tess. All right, just practice doing that uh, and, it, and it helps us, okay. So I'm just gonna bring up some of these um, Replies. Okay, so we've got um, the first one is uh, dog training is giving sausage to the dog with a smiley face. All right, so um, we'll talk more as the podcast goes on about uh, how to use food and training. Um, if food is positive reinforcement, if it's always positive reinforcement, and if if it's not positive reinforcement, then what is it? Okay, so um, at best. It's positive reinforcement, and if your dog is taking a treat, absolute worst, what you're doing is you're giving a dog a treat, okay? Um, so that's a, a quite a nice way to kick off, okay? Giving sausage to the dog, all right? Giving the dog a piece of sausage or giving the dog a treat. So we would like people that, that give us uh, treats um, often, all right? So it's a, a absolute worst that you're, you're doing no harm at all by giving your dog a treat uh, most of the time. Okay, and there's very, very unique circumstances where we might be reinforcing a behavior that we don't want. But as the podcast progresses and in future episodes, I'll talk about those. Okay, um, huge thanks to everybody that contributed as well. Okay, um, I've not got the person who has uh, commented uh, on giving sausage to the dog, so apologies. All right, so um, Susan has then replied, uh, dog training is the dog waiting for us to learn how to talk dog. Okay, so that's a really, really nice, it's quite a, a really thoughtful reply as well. 
All right, so there's a two-way, um, if we've got dog training as a, uh, any training, any learning is a two-way communication. Now, I am 47 and uh, of the best generation, Generation X, don't care what anybody else says, okay, we're the best generation. We got all the good stuff from our parents and all the good stuff from the new era without all the garbage. However, we did get a lot of other stuff as well, all right? So anyway, if we're my age or around about that, okay, or older than that, you might remember in school that um, it wasn't, that learning wasn't really a conversation, okay? It was pretty much a, a monologue. It was not a dialogue. It was you being taught to, okay, and not being involved in the learning process. Now, because that attitude and that idea is still very pervasive in society, and depending on your outlook on life, uh, it might be uh, that we are adults, we're in a position of power and anything which is diminutive, so whether that's a child, um, somebody that is uh, subordinate, uh, and I'm, I'm cautious with some of the language that I'm using here, but but please, um, I, I don't mean to cause anybody any offence to any of us, and I genuinely don't, okay? I, I'm not doing anything in order to be offensive towards any group, but uh, so, so please take the, the, the spirit of what I'm saying. So subordinates, children and dogs, okay? So if you look at that as some sort of diminutive, okay? Some sort of um, smaller than, okay? And whether that's smaller than in rank or smaller than in size, smaller than in status, okay? So very often uh, our society says that if we are in a position of authority, the, per the person who is in the position of authority tells the other person or the other being what to do and they obey, all right? So that's not really a dialogue, that's a monologue. And what I would ask you is, would you like to be uh, taught that way? So if some of us need clearer instruction and some of us need lesser instruction and a little bit more freestyling, and also depends on where you are in any specific day. Sometimes you, you might need more instruction and sometimes you might need more um, freestyling, more, more ability to be created, creative rather. All right, so um, Susan Point, the dog is waiting for us to learn how to talk dog. Okay, they don't speak English. In the UK, we get uh, our, the dogs that come from overseas for adoption are generally from um, Romania, Cyprus, and Spain. And one of the things that I'll say often to the owners is that your dog doesn't speak English because they've only been in the country for a few weeks uh, or a few months. And then I say, oh, and I'll let you into a secret, they don't speak Romanian either, okay? Or they don't speak Turkish, or they don't speak Greek or Spanish. All right, so we have to learn how to communicate with the dog. The more you know what your dog is trying to communicate with you, the easier your lives will be, okay? So an example of that is um, over the last week, Logan, who's my dog, uh, his toileting has been just a little bit off kilter and uh, the other morning he woke up at around about 4.30, wouldn't settle, okay, um, and that's a good indicator for me that, that he needs to go to the toilet, okay, so if he gets up in the, at that time of the morning and shakes off, so he'll do that big ear flap shake that lots of dogs will do in the middle of the night, if he doesn't go back and settle after that, He's trying to tell me something, okay? And then it's up to me uh, as a good 
guardian, owner, pet parent, whatever you want to, to identify um, your role as, to guess what he is needing. Okay, and I took him out for the toilet, went to the toilet, um, he both peed and pooed, and then went back to sleep straight away. Okay, so really good indicating, indicator of what he needs there. Okay, and the, the clearer you are, with the more that you understand both dog body language in general, and specifically with your dog, the easier that will be for your relationship, and the more your relationship will develop. Okay. So Valerie uh, has said, um, I let my wee dog be herself. The only thing I don't like her to do is run out of the front door, but she seems to sort that for herself, okay? So this is just a, a nice comment, okay? So basically Valerie looks as from her comment is that she's a, a pet dog owner and fairly lax in her house, okay? So there's fairly easy going. And the only thing that she doesn't want to do is run out the front door, okay? Um, and from Valerie's comment, that the dog has seemed to learn not to do that on their, their own, but there would be certain ways that we could intervene very easily to teach the dog to wait um, when the door would open, okay? And then to be released, and then obviously the use of a leash and whatnot, okay? Uh, Anne-Marie has said, uh, is a great way to bond and have fun with my dog. So dog training is a, a way to, to bond and have fun with my dog. Now that's really important, okay? We've got the welfare issue, okay? So teaching the dog to be able to live in a human world. And we've also got the fun element of that. What I see very often with uh, lots of training, whether that's pet dog classes or if I'm observing sports dog training, online or on the rare occasion I, I go to an event is that it becomes not fun because people are uh, human and we want to be successful. So the measure of success then becomes the dog doing well in a competition or the dog sitting quickly when we ask them to because that's what other dogs are doing. All right, and that then starts getting in the way of the fun, okay? Um, now, we can have fun and achieve results, all right? But I don't think <laughs> most of the time, uh, and in and, and very, very rare occasions, unless we're doing kind of severe behavior modification programs, um, they should always be fun, okay? Uh, one of the things that I will often say to my clients is uh, that we're both having a good time, okay? So you and the dog are both having a good time, or neither of you are having a good time, all right? So that, that's it. Now, again, take that in the spirit that it's meant. So what I mean by that is uh, the dog is not having fun at your expense. So if the dog doesn't come back when called and is away causing havoc and running around the park and getting into bother with people and dogs by being boisterous, the dog is having a blast, but you're not having a good time, okay? So that's a one-way um the, the balance is off kilter. Now, if we keep the dog on a lead all the time and put uh, the dog on a piece of training equipment which causes pain or discomfort, we are getting what we need, okay? So we are having a good time, but the dog is not getting what they need, all right? So we want to uh, get that in balance, okay? So again, with any relationship, there's gonna be compromises, and the more that, that we feed into the, the other's need in that relationship, the more that we will 
we should get out of that if we do it properly. Okay, so um, it should be fun. All right, um, and uh, I remember Ken Ramirez was a, a great um, instructor that I learned from, a phenomenal trainer, and uh, I've now lost my train of thought on that one because I was concentrating on that ping that the Facebook notification meant. Uh, so that will come back to me. So apologies for that. All right. Um, oh yeah, right. It is there. Come back to me. So he, what he said is that a relationship um, is built on a long history of positive reinforcement. Okay, so a relationship with you with your animal is built on a long history of. Uh, reinforcing behaviors that you, that you like in your dog using things that your dog likes okay so that's the bonding part there okay so that's a really nice point from Anne-Marie uh, now Diane says something you do with your dog and not to your dog with three love heart emojis okay so that's a really really nice point again and it, it, it expands a little bit on what we were just saying there okay we're both having a good time or neither of us are having a good time and then in the first point we talked about um with it being a dialogue and not a monologue uh it's a conversation it's not absolute direction it's not you do this and i will tell you to it is can you do this and i will make it worth your while all right so we're doing it with our dog and not to our dog. Now, if you're listening to this and uh, these are concepts that that are maybe we've never you've never thought about before, um, with positive training we can get excellent results almost all of the time. Okay, and when I say almost all of the time, the times that it is extremely rare that we don't get results is extremely unlikely to be with your dog, okay? So to statistically, it is so rare that we can't make improvements with positive reinforcement training. Um, so it's unlikely that it's gonna be your dog. You're not likely to be that statistical anomaly, okay? And statistically, you're just not, okay? So some of these things um, that, when we're thinking about this, and this was where I was with um, with my own journey on this, which I'll talk about in the next episode of doing my own on hierarchies, is that we're being asked to think of things that we've potentially, it's never even entered either our conscious or our subconscious or unconscious mind, okay? Just never, ever, ever. We've never experienced this, okay? So I would ask you to keep an open mind when we're talking about this and then learn and try these things, okay? Because it's super important, okay? Okay, so I'm just having a cup of tea so that I don't get, because um, I'm talking for however long we're talking for, okay? So Alison has said uh, it's a learning journey with your dog. That's glorious. That's a lovely, lovely um, comment there. Okay, so dog training is a learning journey journey with your dog. And I would actually could expand on that by saying it's a learning journey with you and your dog. So if we train well and learn how to do this, you will learn massive amounts about yourself. So you will learn patience, critical analysis, 
um, problem solving. Okay, um, the, the big one that I'll have is is empathy and compassion. Okay, so understanding that your dog is sometimes having a hard time, or so that would be the the compassion part, and the empathy would be what is how is this for you with your dog? Ask your dog that question. How is this for you? I've got a dog trainer friend in uh, California, Elisa Rose. And Elisa, that's one of the things that she will always ask herself during that process. How is this for you? Now, obviously, the dog can't tell us that, but we can, through having good knowledge of dog training practices, the effect that those practices have on our dog, okay, and then observing your dog's body language, which we talked about in uh, Learn How to Speak Dog, or your dog waiting for us to learn how to speak dog, um, we can look at the dog and say, are you having a good time? Okay. So it's a learning journey for us as well. Okay. And very, very briefly uh, with Logan, who's my dog, who I mentioned, and I will mention repeatedly, uh, it has been a huge learning journey with him. Okay. So I think about where he was when I first met him four years ago and where he is now. Um, it's, he's just like a, he's a different dog. Okay, so it's been a huge learning journey for him. And at times it has been stressful for both of us. And that's up to me to minimize that stress for him as best as we can. Okay. All right, so Vicky has then said, dog training is learning how to understand your dog's needs and help them navigate the difficult world of humans. Okay. So that's a, another really, really nice uh, comment. And uh, so your, our dogs have needs, okay? So they've got um, physical needs. So they need to have shelter. They need to have good food and water, uh, clean water and safety and a place to sleep. Okay, so that's our, our dog's physical needs. So if you look at um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and if you've never looked at that before, um, I want to say Thomas Maslow, but I'm not sure if that's right. Anyway, Maslow was uh, somebody, God, this is years since I've thought about this. Um, I remember doing it, we touched on it when I was at university, the course on management studies. And uh, they talked about it. it was the first time I'd been exposed to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So we've got our basic needs. When they are fulfilled, we can then move up to the next needs. Okay, so an example of that would be if you're in fear of your life, you're not interested in food or play. Okay, so all that you're interested in is safety. Okay, once safety is provided, we can then think of, well, where is my food and water and shelter coming from? All right, but the shelter might be an element of safety because I need somewhere safe to shelter. Okay, once we've got, we're safe, we can now look at where am I getting my next meal from and do have an after drink? Okay, so once those needs are, are settled, it's then we can then start looking at um, the more fun part, right? So I, do I have enough company? Is there social stuff that I'm interested in and can I play? Okay, so your dog has these needs as well, all right? And they have a need for somewhere safe to, to, to be, good food, shelter, and then a need for some sort of enrichment. Okay, so they have a need to explore, they have a need to learn, the same as we do, and they have a need to play. Okay, 
So those are, it's up to us to understand lots of those needs. And I, I think that there is a, um, some, something that's just still lacking in lots of dog training that I see. Okay. And, and I do. Okay. Um, unfortunately for where I am with, with my business practices, most people come to me when they have a problem. So lots of the time it's the dog's needs and the human's needs or lower down that Maslow's hierarchy of needs are not being met. Okay. The person doesn't feel safe and doesn't feel um, content with their dog. So they're just harassed and stressed all the time because the dog is lunging and barking and lead or whatever, or not coming back when called or jumping up on visitors. Okay. Um, and a lot of the time there, the dog will be stressed because there's not enough boundaries in place. Okay. Um, so you see how that then gets in the way of play, okay? Because we can only play when we are fully relaxed, okay? And it's, it's challenging, all right? And then navigating the difficult world of humans, okay? Dogs don't know, do not know, they're not born to know that um, they're not supposed to jump up on us. They're not born to know that if we leave a plate of biscuits lying out on the coffee table in the middle of our living room, then they're not supposed to eat them. They're not born knowing this stuff. So we have to teach them it. Okay. And then my philosophy and, and what this podcast and, and all my life's work with, with dogs is about is saying we can do that kindly. Okay. And we can do that without reprimands, without shouting. Um, and and having it again, we're both having a good time or neither of us are having a good time, okay? So the last one I'll do, I'll come back and visit this again in time, okay? Um, but the last one I'll do is, let's find one because a lot of them are a little bit um, uh, looking at the same things okay they're just different ways of um, so this is a really nice one so lastly from Yvonne dog training is realizing that the dog is the real teacher okay so that's just absolutely wonderful okay there's a really uh, nice expression that we get um, that we get the dog that we need not the dog that we want all right if we're open to this stuff as I said before our dogs will teach us so much about ourselves, okay? Uh, and I mean so much. The journey that I've been on with Logan in the last four years has been quite remarkable for both of us and has taught me a massive amount. Uh, so when I thought that I was a pretty decent dog trainer before I got him and he told me, no, you're not, you don't know what you're doing. So I had to really, really, really up my game because out of all the dogs that I've worked with, he has been the most challenging dog I have ever come across by far. All right. Um, and I've been doing this for 12 years now and I've got thousands of hours under my belt. I mean, thousands and thousands of hours under my belt. Uh, so he had to teach me what I didn't know. So then had to find out. Okay. So he taught me that, which means that he taught me all the stuff that I didn't know because he taught me that I didn't know it. So I had to go and find it out. Okay. And um, so that's my knowledge. And then the personal stuff is uh, patience, more critical analysis, um, how I'm feeling in any given moment, where I'm standing, how my body language is. Okay. And that circles up right back to the point that we talked about very early and at the very start of this episode, 
that uh, Helen and Tess had um, put uh, that had suggested about where we are in our own bodies. Okay, so the more present that we are in our own bodies, the more present we'll be with the dog, and the greater that the dog will respond to us. Okay, so when we have problems with our dog, it is generally based on past experience. Okay, so that's in the past. So it's now not we're not present. We're we're thinking about stuff that's happened in the past and we're worried that it's going to happen next which means that we're worried about an event which has not yet taken place so we're projecting into the future and again we're not present okay so it's by being present being aware of where we are with our body how we're holding our body where our relaxation intention is how to work on that okay so when i was saying at the beginning of the lesson pull your shoulders up towards, and I, I'm doing these exercises as I'm talking, pull your shoulders up towards your ears and then relax that muscle. And you've probably heard that in my voice. I'll do it again. So pull my shoulders up and then relax. Okay. Now pull them down towards my hips and then relax. Okay. So the more that we are aware of this stuff in our body, which our dogs are causing us to learn, all right, the better we are at training our dogs. All right, so I'll come back in future and visit. I mean, that's only in a few that we've looked at there. And there was 159 comments, and I'm going to put this comment up again uh, during the week. Okay, I'll ask that to expand on that. Okay, so if you're listening to this podcast, please do come on to my Facebook page. So it's Glasgow Dog Trainer and Behaviour Consultant on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as well, and I'm on YouTube. If you search for Glasgow Dog Trainer, you'll find me on any of those three platforms. Lastly, if you're interested at all in learning more about this uh, dog training um, philosophy, I am I have a number of online courses, which you'll find at glasgowdogtraineronline.thinkific, just as it sounds, thinkific.com. The Training and behavior modification uh, is a course is £12 per month. If you use the code, code intro20, intro20 at the checkout, okay, and it's £12 per month on a rolling contract and you get five in-depth lessons every two weeks, okay, and they get released every few days and it's building that up, okay, so you just build up this knowledge and uh, we go into these topics in, in relative, uh, relatively and deep detail, okay, so we get that nice um, base that we just keep building on. Oh, there's Logan flapping his ears, okay, so over and over and over again, all right, we're just building up that, that base of knowledge. So if, if you're interested at all, then that's available for you, and I, and I would please invite you to, to consider that, all right. So thank you massive amount for spending time with me uh, today listening to this, and I will catch you in the next episode.